Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. dead white men didn't say it in the 18th century, it doesn't exist. Look, if we want to include all of these other narratives besides the typical narrative that we usually tell of dead white men, we've got to get it in there now. It seems you don't have to be president to get on a greenback. You just have to be an old dead white guy. Ben Franklin is an old dead white guy. Alexander Hamilton, that makes him just a, an old dead white guy. Wow. What does it say? What does it say about somebody like me? Uh, I am, I happen to be alive, a white guy. The whole point is to put people down based on their color, based on their skin color, based on their ethnicity. It is so preposterously stupid. But it has taken off, hasn't it? You know, George Washington is actually on the verge of cancellation. They want to rename George Washington University. Pretty soon they're going to want to rename Washington, D.C. And his offense, dead white guy. <laughs> Happens to be brilliant, was brilliant, was almost divinely placed here, brought us so much, saved, built the union. And we honor him on the dollar bill. And that's another problem. <laughs> Expect these old, dead, white guys to come off. You know, he's also on the quarter. Uh, do you carry around change anymore? There he is. What does it say on the other side? Tails, if you will. E pluribus unum. And the translation for that, I believe, I never took Latin, but it is from many one. Is that what we say? From many one. From many people, one body, one population, one country out of many one doesn't that make sense you know everybody should have a good opinion of george washington we all have a frame of reference common frames of reference that's one of the things that helps make a country a country that is about to change wildly new to the quarter the quarter dollar in coin form all right this is celia cruz Talented singer, I understand. She died some 20 years ago in New Jersey, originally from Cuba, and that's nice. I know many people know who she is. I personally do not. I'm not familiar with her music. She's not a common frame of reference. I, I'm sure she led a great life and a great person, but uh, does she belong on the coin? I don't think so. I don't think there's a new program to put women on coins. Oh, yeah, it's in full swing. The U.S. Mint, Bessie Coleman. Uh, nice person, I'm sure. First aviator, African-American uh, aviator. Was she? I, I don't know. We don't know any of these people. I'm sorry. One after the next after the next. Uh, these are strangers to us. How about Wilma Mankiller, by the way? Yikes. <laughs> I believe she's still alive. These are various people who did various things in their lives, and uh, that's fantastic. But to put them on the coin, I think that's a little bit much. Don't you? I mean, well, the mainstream media loves it, by the way. I want you to see one of them is legendary Cuban-American singer Celia Cruz on the 
back side of the coin, tail, you can see a depiction of Celia smiling while performing. And you can see her famous phrase, azúcar, inscribed on the right side of the coin. This is pretty amazing. Somebody that I was honored enough to be a friend of is now going to be on a quarter. And it's Celia. That's wonderful. Well, I'm glad he knew her. Nobody else did. I mean, I'm sorry, a lot of people did, but a lot of people do not. And uh, the anchor didn't fill us in on what azuka was all about. So it means sugar in Spanish. And let's go ahead and put it up there. Azuka, uh, it, it was the rallying cry for people who worked on sugar plantations in Cuba. Azuka. I don't know why he didn't bother to tell us that, but anyway... So George Washington and Celia Cruz, is there a bit of a stature gap? I would say a couple of trillion light years at least uh, between George Washington and all of us. Maybe Celia Cruz is a little bit closer, a couple of light years than the rest of us. But still, but still, right? Are they quoting Celia Cruz? Will they be in 200 years? Hey, I don't know. Will we be quoting George Washington? Will, will he still be in the history books for the time being he is? And he said amazing things like this. Few men have virtue to withstand the highest bidder. Apparently, bribery was a big problem back in the 1700s. And when I saw that today, a friend showed it to me. You know what I thought of right away or who I thought of? Joe Biden. <laughs> uh, did he, does he have the virtue to withstand the highest bidder? Of course not. I mean, look, the circumstantial web evidence is becoming overwhelming in his taste for the finer things, like that silly Corvette he's driving all over the place. This is a man who at one point boasted of being the poorest man in the United States Senate, and he lived in the DuPont mansion. <laughs> The DuPont, the DuPont Chemical Company, they're headquartered in Delaware, and somehow he got that house when he was about 32 years old. There's a name we have to become familiar with again. This is Archer, Devin Archer. Doesn't that sound like a pretty mysterious international man of mystery type name? So he's friends with Hunter Biden, or was friends. He's a regular guy. He's from Long Island, but he got into a heap of trouble. Former best friend, yes, formed Rosemont Seneca Partners with Hunter in 2009, and he was on the Burisma board. How about that? Now, he got in trouble unrelated to Hunter Biden, accused of uh, pretty massive fraud, $60 million bond fraud involving some Indian tribe. Uh, the judge was a little bit uh, conflicted about him. Uh, the judge said she was left with an unwavering concern that Archer is innocent of the crimes charged. Uh, nevertheless, the conviction uh, remains in effect, and he's been sentenced to one year and a day in jail. But he's not there yet, and he's poised to testify potentially in front of the House Oversight Committee. This guy was with Hunter Biden at least two dozen times when Hunter called his father, the vice president, to impress clients. Hunter, according to him, was totally involved in Hunter's business. We kind of know that already, but if this guy says it, Take a look uh, from the New York Post today, Miranda Devine. Hunter Biden would dial in his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, on speakerphone into meetings with his overseas business partners. Devin Archer is to testify about meetings that were attended by Joe Biden, either in person or via speakerphone. When Hunter would call his father and introduce him to foreign business partners or prospective investors, one such meeting was in Dubai late in the evening of Friday, December 4th, 2015. While they were sitting outside at the bar, a senior Burisma executive phoned to ask where they were because Burisma's owner, Zlochevsky, needed to speak to Hunter urgently. 
Who remembers this Zlochevsky character? Zlochevsky, we talked about him last week in that uh, FBI form 1023. From him, it's alleged, how much was he paying the Bidens? Uh, five million a pop. <laughs> five million for Hunter and another five for uh, the, the other Biden, the father. Um, so Zlochevsky, can you ring your dad? <laughs> At the time, it was early afternoon Friday in Washington, D.C. Hunter then called his father, put him on speaker, placed the phone on the table and introduced the Ukrainians to Joe Biden by name as Nikolai and Vadim, their first names. Uh, he also said words to the effect that Burisma bigwigs need our support. Vice President greeted the Ukrainians, but spoke only in vague pleasantries during the short call. And in other such interactions with Hunter's overseas business partners, Archer is expected to testify. That's the whole thing. That's the way it worked. You can't have the dad saying anything specific, but the whole point is I can get my dad on the phone. I'll handle the nitty gritty with him uh, away from you guys. That was on December 4th, 2015. That's important for just a few days later. Joe Biden goes to Ukraine and tells them how America can't stand corruption. You also have a battle, a historic battle against corruption. And it's not enough to set up a new anti-corruption bureau and establish a special prosecutor fighting corruption. The office of the general prosecutor desperately needs reform. The judiciary should be overhauled. Why does he think that the prosecutor needs a reform, that office? Because the owners of Burisma are telling him so. Next. The United States is with you in this fight. Yesterday I announced almost $190 million in new American assistance to help Ukraine fight corruption, strengthen the rule of law. How do you, how's $200 million going to help strengthen the rule of law? They already have laws against all this stuff. Isn't it the last thing you want? $200 million into a, to a country that can't handle that kind of money, that has a no, reputation as being one of the most corrupt countries on earth. This whole thing is weird. A month later, back to the story, Shokin was fired after Joe Biden threatened to withhold $1 billion in USAID to Ukraine. Who remembers? Here's Joe bragging about it. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. So this is exactly uh, what Burisma was looking for. Absolutely. This is what they were pressuring him to do. It's in the emails. It's in the emails. Here's, uh, this is Vadim Perjarsky. He was there with Hunter and Devin Archer in Dubai on that night when they got Joe to call on the phone. And we have an email from him um, to Devin Archer, to Hunter Biden. This is before those guys actually started working. And he wanted to clarify a couple of things. First thing is that the suggested scope of work is largely lacking concrete, tangible results that we set out to achieve in the first place. So they sent a proposal. It was very benign. It was very general. This guy's like, we're paying you $83,000. We're going to want some things. And he spells them out. Next, please. Um, it doesn't offer any names or top U.S. officials here in Ukraine, for instance, U.S. ambassador or Ukrainian officials, the president of Ukraine, chief of staff, prosecutor general, as key targets for improving Nikolai's case and his situation in Ukraine. Everybody was after Zlochevsky. OK, he was corrupt uh, and he wanted those guys off of his back. That's why they brought in Hunter to get Joe to get him off of his back. Next, please. If, however, this is done deliberately to be on the safe and cautious side, I can understand 
that kind of rationale. All right. So if you guys aren't putting it in writing that you can take these guys out for us and do all this stuff for us because it's in an email, I understand it. None of this stuff. If you're corrupt, you shouldn't be doing any of this stuff in email. Uh, let's see. Next, please. Vadim says, my only concern is for us to be on the same page regarding our final goals. What are those goals, Mr. Burisma? I would like us to formulate a list of deliverables, including but not limited to a concrete course of action, including meetings and communications resulting in high-ranking U.S. officials in Ukraine, like the U.S. ambassador, and in U.S. publicly or in private communication comment expressing their positive opinion and support of Nikolai and Burisma. To the highest level of decision makers here in Ukraine, the president of Ukraine, president chief of staff, prosecutor general, the scope of work should also include organization of a visit of a number of widely recognized and influential current and or former U.S. policymakers to Ukraine in November. They're asking for a lot of stuff here. Aiming to conduct meetings with and bring positive signal, positive and support to Nikolai's issue in the Ukrainian uh, to the Ukrainian top officials. This is important here with the ultimate purpose to close down for any cases, pursuits against Nikolai in Ukraine. Wow. <laughs> that includes the case, obviously, that Shokin is running, investigating Burisma. They want that shut down. That's why they're hiring these guys. And it's in these emails. Now, they kind of freak out a little bit because, well, they put all this stuff in writing. So what do they say internally? We have it. Thanks to the laptop, we have it. Uh, this is from Eric Sherwin uh, to the rest of the team, not to Vadim. I would tell Vadim that this is definitely done deliberately to be on the side, on the cautious side, on the safe and cautious side. In our initial proposal, we're not saying we can get all these things done for you. Hunter weighs in. Vadim, Devin and I do feel comfortable with the uh, BS. Interesting that's BS. We think that's a Burisma synergy. And the ability of Sally and Karen, whoever they are, to deliver. You should go ahead and sign. Looking forward to getting started on this. Best Hunter. Now, you know what this guy wants. He wants the investigation into Nikolai shut down. This is uh, what you would call smoking gun stuff. And it's in that laptop. The laptop is legitimate. It's one of the reasons why they were so desperate, desperate to get that bogus letter to discredit the laptop. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. All right, Nobody we remember this, right? A total disgrace. And he did have that letter. The swamp rallied to defend Hunter and Joe Biden. The letter signed by 50 plus former intelligence officials. And you know what we decided to do? We got to call uh, one of them out uh, one of the time. This is Mike Morell. He signed that letter. He had a very senior uh, intelligence position under Bush, under Obama. Been around for a long time, 33 years with the CIA. Curiously, he was on duty on September 11, 2001. Um, I don't know. Weren't you guys supposed to do a better job protecting America? It's fascinating to me. Nobody on that list has apologized for the disinformation they put out to their own country in an effort to affect an election, to influence an election. This guy must know what he did is wrong. Hey, he apologized for weapons of mass destruction in a really roundabout way. He only gave an apology to uh, Colin Powell.
So Colin Powell, right, made the public case. Colin Powell went to the United Nations and, and made the public case for Saddam having these programs. And we were wrong. We were absolutely wrong. He also said a number of times that, that nobody from CIA ever apologized to me. <laughs> and so in the book, I apologize. He apologized. What about to the American people? To the American people and all of the soldiers who lost their lives. How about them? And how about right now, if you know how to make an apology to all of us, okay? Colin Powell did go to the United Nations based on what they told him. Uh, and he went there and made the case for weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. 20, so 22 years ago now. 22 years ago. He went there in the fall of 2002. <sighs> Meanwhile, they're trying to run these whistleblowers out of town. <laughs> these heroes. Uh, mainstream media still ignoring them. Also ignoring to the best of their abilities so far, the confidential human source in that FBI form 1023. That's a big deal. You can't ignore that. It exists. It's funny how um, they ignore intelligence products that they don't like and totally hype and blow out of the water stuff that is obviously untrue. This intelligence dossier thing that has uh, upended the political universe. A highly salacious and potentially explosive dossier. Donald Trump and the director of national intelligence have a talk following the president-elect's major public blow-up over a Russian hacking intel. All right, all of these people are currently ignoring, I mean, sensational, over-the-top smoking gun evidence into Biden family corruption. And even some people in Republican and conservative media circles are ignoring this to protect Joe Biden and to hurt Donald Trump. Big chunk of the swamp, Republican and Democrat, are so opposed to him, they'll do anything, but I don't think it's going to work. More when I come back. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen. So it was just such amazing news last week. The confidential human source, the 1023, all the stuff that we heard allegations that is a very serious what they like to call a a product an intelligence product a law enforcement product a report alleging well that the vice president of the united states when he was vice president joe biden may have been taking bribes that's big news right you would think that the big shows on sunday the big political talk shows would talk about it they did not they did not let's go through it no mention on state of the union although mike pence did talk quite a bit about january 6th uh let's see here next please Face the nation. No mention of the 1023 forms, right? Did they even bother reading it? No mention. No mention on this week with uh, George Stephanopoulos, although I think it was Martha Raddatz yesterday. Um, and conservative media, they sometimes they hold their nose about this kind of stuff. They mentioned it, but in the most kind of sanitized way. It alleges a number of conversations with Burisma executives out of Ukraine saying allegedly that they were forced to pay the Bidens a certain amount of money for help um, with various issues. A certain amount of money. 
a certain amount of money. It says right in the form, $10 million, $5 million for one Biden, $5 million for the other Biden. I think uh, a certain amount of money doesn't cut it. Do you? Again, they sanitize all this stuff. There are Bottom line, there are very powerful forces in media, in America, in politics, some forces I don't even understand, working to destroy Trump and protect Joe Biden. And I know over there at Fox, they are deeply conflicted. Some of them outright hate Trump, and you can see it in the coverage. Not every show, not necessarily that show, but you see it. You can feel it. Look, some of the, two, some of the top Republicans in Washington, D.C., I mean, they, they're open about their distaste for him. Mitch McConnell, John Thune. Have they ever lift a finger to help Trump or at least to call out the insanity of these prosecutions of him? Someday it could happen to those guys. They should be very wary. Big, powerful forces. What you see right there and many that we don't see, we may not even be able to fathom the full extent of it. They are so opposed to us and our way of life and they're getting desperate. <laughs> this move putting that prosecutor in there. I mean, this is, this is a desperation move. We can all see it, and we can all see it's fake. We can all see it's corrupt, yet they did it anyway. How can they get away with it? They're counting on us being the following things. Uh, American people, they want us stoned, they want us distracted, and they want us scared. The legalization of all these drugs, uh, content all over the place, addicted phones. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to distract yourself with, and people are scared. I mean, after January 6th, right, can we even go out and protest anymore? That doesn't feel right. It's all a campaign to, I think, destroy this country, and we better be really, really careful. Now this. Some viewers are noticing that scenes in this music video, part of which we just saw, were filmed in front of the Maury County Courthouse, and this is in Columbia, Tennessee. It promotes vigilantism and was filmed in front of the Maury County Courthouse in Columbia, Tennessee. Now, the song and video is receiving fierce backlash over its lyrics and for featuring a courthouse where a black teenager was lynched. All right, a uh, hundred years ago, a hundred years ago, did... Uh, Mr. Uh, Aldean know that? I doubt it. Can anyone account for everything that happened in century-old buildings? No. This is insane. We're a good country. We're a good people. Hey, America's not racist. Barack Obama and the elites love to say, oh, that's so, that's so simplistic. He could not have become president without Trump supporters, okay? The fact that he let us down so much. That's why Trump became president, though, by the way. Uh, this is not a racist country, but boy, oh boy, is it used to enhance the power of certain people, generally elites. Now, this whole thing with the video, what's it called? Not in my small town. I'm not a country music guy, but I think what's happened to him and the whole dialogue about this is ludicrous. Tennessee. Well, lots of things happened in Tennessee. Yes, there were executions. Uh, nowhere in this discussion have I heard that white people were actually executed, too, sometimes in courthouses and sometimes via lynching. It actually happened. Look, it was all a terrible scourge and we all learned about it growing up. But now they want people to feel bad about it. And I don't know, take a take a step back based on skin color. And that is so thoroughly un-American. And I wonder if it's adding to the tension. In fact, I know it's adding to the tension, but I'd like to see the data. I'd like to see the statistics. Have you glanced at social media and you see all these horrible fights in school that seem to have a racial component? Um, 
I can see it happening because they're fed a steady diet of America is a systemically racist country. This is this is the offshoot of that kind of toxic uh, diet of lies and misinformation. Slavery was terrible. Unfortunately, it was a global trend. And I know it makes me sad. It really does. We are taking such horrible steps backwards. Then again, there's the Ron DeSantis situation. Now, I have to say, Ron DeSantis really stepped in it again. Did you see the syllabus they came out with in Florida about slavery? What does it say about slavery? Um, According to the new curriculum, instruction includes how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. All right. If you want to go to some university and get a Ph.D. in history and you want to talk about the nuances of some of this stuff, maybe. But in elementary school, grammar school and high school, I think this is a little bit too esoteric a point and and not a good one, actually. And Ron DeSantis, unfortunately, I like him as governor, maybe someday as president, but boy, he can't run a campaign very well. Could you just explain? Well, you should talk to them about it. I mean, I didn't do it and I wasn't involved in it. Um, But I think um, I think what they're doing is I think that they're probably going to show some of the folks that eventually parlayed, uh, you know, being a blacksmith into into doing things later later in life. I think he just should have bypassed it and maybe called the guy who wrote the curriculum and said, what are you thinking? You're going to try to teach this in school. Have you been to school lately? It's a little bit uh, chaotic these days. It can be with the cell phones and everything like that. And you're going to try to prove this kind of point. Again, save it for the Ph.D. program for people who really want to. But as far as slavery goes, I think this is how America kind of views slavery. you got to get the basics down. Who remembers the Simpsons when Apu took his citizenship test? All right, here's your last question. What was the cause of the Civil War? Actually, there were numerous causes. Aside from the obvious schism between abolitionists and anti-abolitionists, economic factors, both domestic and international, played a significant... Yeah. Just, just say slavery. Slavery it is, sir. Yes, I am a citizen! And good for Apu. Uh, If you want to talk about all the stuff he was... The abolitionists and the, the international trade... That's for Ph.D. stuff. But for the school, uh, slavery is bad and it causes civil war. Fair enough. I think so. Uh, But good luck, Governor DeSantis. He's going to need it. Sorry. We'll be right back. In 2010, our debt was $13 trillion. Gold was $1,000 an ounce. Today, $32 trillion and $2,000 an ounce. So now that we have $1 trillion in interest payments annually, another $1 trillion on defense, do we really think the spending is going to slow down? A surging national debt is bullish for gold. Bloomberg stated gold appears as a caged bull awaiting a catalyst. The oncoming commercial real estate crisis will be that catalyst. $1.5 trillion in interest-only loans are coming due, and with vacancies, plunging valuations, and higher interest rates, more companies are just going to walk away. It's no wonder Google searches for how to buy gold hit record levels in 2023. It's as simple as calling Patriot Gold Group today, by the way. Find out why they are an A-plus consumer affairs top-rated gold and silver company nationwide. 
Call the proud Americans at Patriot Gold today before it's too late. Mention Newsmax and you'll get best-in-class service from Patriots Protecting Patriots. Patriot Gold Group has no fee for life IRA where your IRA or 401k can be physical gold and silver. Call 888-309-9181. That's 888-309-9181 and get a free investor guide today. Patriot Gold Group is Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer for six years in a row. Call now, 888-309-9181. Protect your retirement with the Patriot Gold Group. All right, so we're hearing that Donald Trump could be indicted on Thursday for January 6th stuff. It's absolutely incredible that this is happening. It is so incredibly unfair, but they're actually doing it. Now, I think it's out of desperation, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Garland and uh, Jack Smith and the rest of the swamp so desperate to stop Trump, and they're going to do it this way. Ultimately, I don't think it's going to work. Our friend Dick Morris, though, has a very interesting idea. He's back. And you got to check out his book, The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. You know, when you wrote that book, Dick, a lot of people did not see that one coming. I certainly did. I know you did. You were smart enough to put it in book form. So, Dick, tell us, how can we stop this uh, insanity? Well, last week there was a markup uh, on the Appropriations Committee for the Department of Justice budget for next year. Now, markup means they're making the changes before they report it out of committee to the floor. And uh, this concerns spending that starts on October 1st of this year and lasts till October 1st of 24. And uh, I believe that the only way to stop this politicization of the DOJ and of the FBI is for the Republicans who control the House of Representatives to decide not to fund the Justice Department until they drop these indictments right in the middle of the election. And if they have to, postpone them to the after the election. But don't fund them while they're using their funding to destroy the democratic process in America and to make a make a jury and a grand jury replace the American electorate in choosing who they want to be president. All right. Look, I'm intrigued by the idea, but we only have the House of Representatives. I'm not a Republican, by the way, but Republicans only have the House of Representatives. You've worked there. Is that enough to actually turn off funding to the DOJ? It's not enough to do something, but it sure is enough to stop something. The appropriation would have to be passed by the House and the Senate. And one House isn't good enough. It's like one hand clapping. So the Republicans could defund the Department of Justice by voting for that in the appropriations bill. You don't need a single Democratic vote. You don't need a single senator. And uh, I've spoken recently to Newt Gingrich and Mike Huckabee and Ted Cruz. And they've all been fascinated with the idea of doing this. Uh, all right. Well as- I, but wait, but, 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 I'm fascinated by it as well. But the appropriations, again, you need you do need the Senate, right, to actually turn it off or no? You say just in the tell me again. I thought you needed both houses. Nope. Both houses to appropriate only one house to stop the appropriations. It requires the approval of both houses for it to be in the budget. Mm. And it- then it approves and the House doesn't approve. It's like one hand clapping. It doesn't make any noise. All right. Well, anyway, Mitch McConnell and all their trickery and a lot of those senators, as you know, not Ted Cruz, but a lot of them, they can't stand Trump. They're not public about it. What? The senators won't have anything to do with it. It's entirely within the House. 
yeah. the House of Representatives acting on its own can do this. Yeah. You only need the Republican majority. You well, let me need... ask you this. You've been talking about it for a couple of days now. Any sense that this is going to happen? There's a lot of excitement about Devin Archer possibly testifying before the House Oversight Committee. Are they going to do this? Well, there are a lot of distractions. I think Archer's testimony is great. But a lot of people are saying Bar Merrick Garland should be impeached and Joe Biden should be impeached. And, of course, all of that is true. But none of it can happen because the Senate will block it. But this can happen because the House can do it. And I'm encouraging people to telephone their congressman at 202-224-3121. That's 202 202- Two two four three one two one, and demand that the Department of Justice be defunded by the House of Representatives. Uh, what how, what number did you just give? By the way, is that the main number? What number is that? Capital switchboard, and when they come on, ask for your congressman by name, and it's two zero two. Three, one, two, one. All right. Three, one, two, one. Um, hey, I got to do this. If we have time, do we have time? Play the Glenn Beck soundbite, if you don't mind. I've heard a lot of people saying, I don't think I trust Fox anymore. This is ESG. This is the World Economic Forum coming to roost. They are demanding their pound of flesh and they will get it. A report that Fox News, all kinds of donations to far left charities, including Planned Parenthood, the Southern Poverty Law Center. Nice sounding name. It's a terrible organization. And this one, the Satanic Temple for real. Um, what's going on over there at Fox News? My theory is you got a lot of people. Uh, they don't really care about the country. They care about money and makeup and hair and uh, FaceTime. They don't really care about the country. You work there. What do you think? They care about advertisers, and there is a real effort by the advertising industry to discriminate against conservative networks. There are a lot of ad agencies that won't let uh, Newsmax get any ad revenues because it's too conservative and want to channel it to more liberal organs. And this is probably an effort by Fox News to audition with them wow. so that they will agree to channel ad revenues to Fox News. That's pretty wild. You know, uh, what's what's so wrong with our positions? We want the border. We don't think drag queens should be in there with the schools. And we don't like wars that uh, America doesn't win and unnecessary wars. Dick, we appreciate it so much. Thank you very Thank much, you. Dick Morris. And uh, let's see. We'll be right back. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. You heard about this guy, right? He's uh, a soldier, a U.S. soldier who's in North Korea right now. And word is he doesn't want to come back. He may not have a choice, ultimately. Travis King is his name, and he snuck away from his unit. And uh, here he is on a tour uh, gazing at the country he's about to make a dash for, a run for. He's in North Korea. And what's going to happen next? Does this do anything to our relationship with North Korea? Uh, is there an opportunity here 
We'd like to bring in uh, Christian Witten, former senior advisor in the Trump and Bush administration, senior fellow at the Center for the National Interest and Newsmax contributor, and Fred Flight, senior fellow America First Policy Institute Newsmax contributor. Fred, you guys were great at getting our uh, people out of hot spots, but this guy went over there deliberately. Uh, is that going to, would that have impacted your approach to an issue like this? Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, someone ran across the border in 2018. This happens from time to time. And the North Koreans returned them to the United States. He crossed the border from China because President Trump had significantly lowered tensions with North Korea. And the North Koreans wanted to engage in a gesture to show they appreciated. Trump didn't achieve everything he wanted to achieve with the North Koreans. But the, but the missile test stopped. The nuclear test uh, uh, stopped. We've had a surge of nuclear tests under, under President Biden, and I think there's going to be real trouble getting this soldier back because relations are so bad. Uh, Christian Witten, um, is there any sense that there's an opportunity here? Um, and I remember all the professionals said Donald Trump did not, you know, he should not have gone over there to meet Kim Jong-un. He should not have done this. He should not have done that. In my book, he played it just right. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, there's an opportunity. I don't think the administration will take it. What President Trump did was highly unconventional. Uh, you know, the thinking before he engaged with Kim Jong-un, the North Korean dictator, was that you shouldn't elevate that person or lower the presidency uh, by engaging with a nuclear renegade. But I, thought, I think he thought the issue was too important and that previous efforts in administrations of both parties had failed. So uh, it is technically, I guess, possible that Joe Biden would say, hey, you know, this is actually a chance to uh, establish communications and make some sort of attempt at diplomacy. North Korea has been ratcheting it up, uh, its activities a little bit with ballistic missile tests and, and uh, cruise missile tests. Uh, but I don't think you'll see any change um, from this administration. Really, when it comes to East Asia, what this administration wants to do is play nice with China, which sort of um, also means you, you, you can't do a whole lot with North Korea. Especially when they're giving all these weapons to uh, Russia. And look, I think the Ukraine situation, we'll talk about that some other time. I mean, I would like to see peace, but they're sending all kinds of weapons in. This is a new story, though, secret weapons. Look, it's been no secret to me, Fred, and everybody else that the Chinese have been sending weapons to Ukraine. But something has, uh, something has changed, has intensified somehow. Well, there's now reports that they're sending body armor and they're sending drones what the Chinese have been trying to do is to try to not cross the line where they could be accused of sending offensive weapons because they don't want to be sanctioned and they don't want to give the Europeans an excuse to cut off trade. The Europeans don't want to cut off trade with China, but if China's providing artillery shells or machine guns, they'd be forced to do so. But I think the, the, the body armor and the drones, if we play that up, we may have a chance of, of convincing the Europeans to really twist China's arm maybe even sanction them. Huh. Uh, what about this, um, Christian? Doesn't it, isn't it bad and kind of embarrassing that Russia needs all of this help? And I never hear anybody say that, like Russia, don't we know that they're not a threat anymore? They could not take Eastern Europe if they wanted to. I mean, this has been a bit of a debacle for them. And, and how does it look that they're taking this stuff from the Chinese? 
Well, yeah, it's it's pretty um, it's pretty amazing actually. Everyone thought Russia still had a decent uh, conventional military capability on top of their nuclear capability. Their nuclear arsenal is actually a little bigger than ours, but their inability even to get past the Dnieper River um, has shown the limitations. And frankly, uh, what Washington should be doing or not doing, we should be saying, well, actually, this isn't the conventional threat to Europe that we thought. So maybe we should focus on China and the Middle East, Iran, uh, and let the Europeans pay for defending Europe, since it doesn't really seem to be that hard. Instead, we're doing the opposite. We're pretending it's 1991. We have lots of money. It's a unipolar moment. So we're paying three quarters of the Ukraine operation. But yes, it does look pretty pathetic for what Russia is doing. It's another sort of lesson is that uh, U.S. diplomacy of the last, say, 20 years, including um, what's happened in Ukraine, have pushed Moscow and Beijing much closer together. Hey, thank you. And Fred, I saw a wild letter. Uh, uh, we just lost it. I had this wild letter from Richard Nixon to Bill Clinton some 30 years ago where he warned Bill Clinton, don't listen to the career foreign service people. Don't listen to the diplomats because they got there. They got to the top by being risk averse. And that's how they'll stay there. And they're afraid of doing anything. And you got to be big and you got to be bold and you shouldn't listen to these people. And that rang very true to me. I've never worked in that world. Fred, how does that strike you? I think that's exactly right. I read about that letter, too. The America First Policy Institute is working on how to staff the next administration. And we are going to take advantage of little, little uh, incidents like that to try to explain to the next administration how they can get control of government, not to politicize it, but to make sure that the executive branch implements the president's policies and doesn't act as a deep state to undermine him and run their own policy. Fred Flights, thank you uh, very much. And please go to uh, the America First Policy Institute. So many great things there. And also check out the Center for the National Interest, where you can find Christian Witten. Thank you very much, sir. And we'll be right back. That's supposed to be a public servant. <laughs> Have you ever looked at all the houses this guy has? He admitted, actually, all the way back to when he was a teenager, he had a lust for real estate. Does that sound like somebody who should be involved in public service, right? A career public servant? How do you square that with a lust for real estate? It's nice to invest. Everybody's got to do that. But and you see all the things that he likes. We didn't get to play this earlier. It's kind of interesting when Joe bragged about how uh, how little money he had. I was listed for all the years I was a senator as the poorest man in the United States Congress. I had the dubious distinction of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. Uh, let's take a look at the poorest man's stuff all one more time. <laughs> uh, the mansion in McLean, the mansion at the beach, the DuPont mansion, the car, all this stuff. And the Rolex watches, the fancy clothes. He dresses very expensively. Always had. Oh, what a phony, huh? What a phony. But we nailed him. And this guy, Joe Biden, you ain't black, Joe Biden, lecturing the world about diversity. You've heard this about diversity, right? Our... <laughs> greatest strength. It's a cliche, but it's true. Our greatest strength as a country is in our uh, diversity. Diversity yeah. is our greatest strength. It's a great strength as a nation. I've always believed that one of the greatest threats of America, and you're tired of hearing me say it, is our diversity. But I believe that. What does it really mean, though? What, what does that mean? It sounds 
I used to think it sounds nice. I don't think it sounds nice anymore. I don't want to. It shouldn't matter what people look like. And if there are too many people, say too many black people in one spot, is that bad? Too many white people in one spot, is that bad? So these conversations were happening in corporate America (laughs) and they're still happening, but it's getting very, very awkward and weird. They call this in The Wall Street Journal, the rise and fall of the chief diversity officer. For a while there, companies were falling all over themselves, hiring these people, but they really had no idea what they were supposed to do. They were hiring them for optics. Look at us. We've hired a chief diversity officer. Aren't we great? But they take up a lot of money. Sometimes they can cause headaches and problems, and they've been firing them left and right. And uh, it seems to be going by the wayside. But DEI is still a big thing. Diversity equity and inclusion. The government is really, really into it, and they're still pushing it on all of us. Something interesting about DEI, right? Diversity, equity, inclusion. You know what that is? It's the root. It's the Latin root for God, day, deus. That means God. It's the Latin word for God. And they think diversity and DEI and all that stuff, that's the new God. And in addition to uh, gender and the future is non-binary. This is really corrupt, morally corrupt and bankrupt stuff that we must be on guard for. I'll be right back. Whenever news breaks. A lot of destruction there. It was really the front lines in the battle. And wherever it happens. Spanish humanitarian corridors opened up this morning. We're trying to go rescue a 96-year-old lady that doesn't have anybody to take care of her. They're using ingenuity. They refuse to give up. That's incoming fire. Come on. Yeah, let's get down here. Newsmax is there for you. Uh, Thank you very much, and I'll see you tomorrow.